Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Thank you, Brother Beard, and it is an honor to be here this morning, and it's good to feel the presence of the Lord, and Sister Melissa didn't have an idea what I was going to be preaching on this morning, but that last song, I think it was like the second or third word through there, faithfulness, and what God is, faithful to us. And like Brother Beard said, I'm going to do a repeat, a rerun. So those of you here that was on the Wednesday night a month or so ago when I preached it, bear with us, take some notes, because it may be for you again, because God's got a reason and a purpose of his word. Every service we come to, God has a word for us, and I'm hoping this morning that I can deliver that word that God has given me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to Galatians 5 and 22, the NIV version, for the sake of this, my text this morning. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And this morning, I'm going to talk to us about faithfulness in our time, our talents, and our treasures as we go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I ask you right now to reach down and give me your word, Lord. That's for this service this morning. You know who's here, Lord, and I'm asking you to put a word in their heart, Lord, that'll give them a desire to serve you, be faithful to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you as you're seated. We look at the definition of faithfulness and it says a lasting loyalty or trustworthiness in a relationship. Being true to one's word or commitments as to what one has pledged to do or profess to believe, being dedicated and steadfast in performing one's duty, working for a cause. With that definition of faithfulness, I want to focus on our faithfulness to our God. Where do you stand in your faithfulness to God and this church? We cannot begin to discuss our faithfulness without understanding how God has been so faithful to us. He's made certain commitments and promises to us, assure us of his faithfulness. He is faithful for forgiving our sins. We go to 1 John 1 and 9, and I quote quite a few scriptures in this lesson so for those of you who have notes you're welcome to come if you miss one i'll give it back to you but i think this is a good lesson that we can take notes on and we can come back to and we can remember how faithful our god is but most of all how faithful we can be back to our god first john 1 and 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness He is faithful in a committed relationship to us. Hebrews 13 and 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. He's not going to leave you. He's going to be faithful to you. No matter how much you fall or fail in your life, 
God has made a promise to us. He is going to be faithful. Second Thessalonians 3 and 3. He's faithful in trouble. But the Lord is faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil? Sometimes when you're having a bad day, you think the world's turning against you. You just need to go to 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He's standing right there. Whatever problem you're facing, he's right there beside you. And we need to know that we serve a faithful God and he is walking right there with us. First Corinthians 10 and 13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you be tempted above that you are able, but will with temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. No matter what you're facing, no matter what the temptation may be, God said that I'm going to give you a way out. So whatever decision you make, it's going to be on you. It ain't going to be on your God. It's going to be on you because he has given you a way out because he is faithful. 1 Peter 4, 19 says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. We serve a faithful God. We're such an awesome God. How could we not be faithful to him? We have a responsibility to reciprocate faithfulness with faithfulness. If my God is going to be that faithful to me, I in return feel like I need to be that faithful back to him. Our faithfulness to God, the first area of faithfulness we want to look at is our personal relationship. The first definition of faithfulness. How is your relationship with your God? It would be wrong for us to believe that we could be born again and then not be faithful to God, yet still expect it to make it to heaven. I have to be faithful to my God. Matthew 6 and 24, no man, can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. I go to the Amplified Bible for that scripture, just for a little clarification. As we all know, the Bible was translated into King's English, and they used it a lot of those and thou's and these and them kind of things, but I'm going to put it in plain English. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever you value more than the Lord. That scripture says a lot right there. Because we live in a world today, God's a futterest thing from some people's mind. This past week, we had the opportunity. Tiger was on a little spring break from college, so we took her on a little trip. And for those of you that's real spiritual, that's okay, but we went to Graceland. Elvis Presley. I left there convicted because I can tell you there's a group of people that they've made a God out of a man. I wrote, I watched grown men, women crying at the grave of Elvis Presley. It convicted me. Lord, don't 
ever let something like that come between me and you. I want to be faithful to you. My desire is to be dedicated and faithful to my God. There's no money, there's no possessions, there's no fame, there's no status that's going to come between me and my faithfulness to God. I'm very thankful for what God has given me. He's given me nice vehicles and nice homes. But I promise you, nothing is going to come between me and my God. There's no sport out there that's going to come between me and my God. There's no rock and roll star that's going to come between me and my God. I want to be faithful to my God. God asks for our time, but the chase for money, possessions, fame, status, whatever you value more than the Lord will steal that time from you. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't be faithful to God and try to do everything else you want to do out there in the world. You've got to be focused and say, God, I know that everything that I have today, you gave it to me, and I want to be faithful to you and be thankful and grateful for everything that you have done for me. Psalms 31 and 23. Oh, love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentiful rewardeth the proud doer. Psalms 101 and 6. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me, that he walketh in a perfect way. He shall serve me. Proverbs 28 and 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. That right there ought to be the only excuse you need, the only reason that you really need. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. I can look across here this morning, and I can assure you, every one of you, God's blessed you. The very clothes that you got on, got up and put on this morning, God blessed you in some kind of way. God blessed you in the vehicle that you drove to church in. God blessed you in the home that you slept in last night. There is a mount of a blessings that are abounding in our lives, but yet we still, sometimes we just get overwhelmed with everything in life and we forget to give Him thanks. We forget to give Him praise. Lord, I'm so thankful for what You have done for me. You begin to put your focus on being faithful to God and not chasing all other things. The scripture plainly says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. God expects us to be faithful to him. We read the book of Hosea. The story of a man who has an unfaithful wife, yet the man loves her anyway. So great is a man's love for her that he continues to be faithful to her until the time she becomes faithful to him. I truly believe God was using this book of Hosea to show us his deep love for us as well as to illustrate the fact if that you are going to serve God, you must be faithful to him. Even though at times we are unfaithful to him, he remains faithful to us. In the book of Revelation, God rejected the church of Laodicea because she had become lukewarm. Further study shows that the church had become unfaithful in their relationship with God. They had been so unfaithful that the Lord had to stand outside the door of the church and knock to gain entrance. I don't want God to have to come knocking on my door. Because we know and when God comes knocking on your door, it's got serious. Because if the preacher is not ministering to you, and you're not being ministered in this service, and there's some point, God's going to come knocking. And when he does, it's pretty serious. 
I don't want to be in that kind of relationship with my God. We must be so careful to keep our faithfulness to God so that nothing will become between us and Him. This is not a casual matter that we can just take for granted and believe once saved, always saved. Despite what other preachers are preaching, despite what your neighbors may be believing, there's more to it. You're not saved one time, and you go live with how you want to live. There is a responsibility in us that God has given us. We have to be faithful to him in our relationship with him. I'm going to talk about some of the ways that we can show him our faithfulness. Our faithfulness in giving. And I can assure you, most of you, as soon as I said that word given, the first thing you go to is thinking terms of dollars, money, stuff. But we can give God a whole lot more. A whole lot more. One of the greatest privileges of serving God is being able to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Giving must be approached from the right perspective and with the right attitude. Too many times the reward of giving is lost because of a bad spirit by the giver. It was so important that God knew that that would happen. He addressed it in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Every man, according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Giving is not given to justify treasure, but it is given to so much more when we give him our time. That scripture says a lot. If you come to church with a grudgingly spirit or with a feeling of necessity, I have to go to church. I really don't want to go to church. I can assure you, you're not going to get what you need from that church service. When I walk in those doors, I want to have the right spirit. I want to be in church. I don't know about you, but I look forward to walking in those doors. I look forward to being thankful to my God. I look forward to feeling his presence in this place. However, you come to church with a cheerful spirit and with a spirit of, I want to be in church and thankful for another opportunity to be in church, God's going to have blessings in store for you. There will be something in that service that you can walk out of here with and say, thank you, Lord, for another blessing. You enter into the house of God with worship and praise, God will have something in that service that, you, that will be a blessing. I've often wondered, don't get no ideas, Brother Beard. But I've often wondered if we put a coat rack out there in the foyer and we put a sign on it, hang all your worries and cares right here. Let's have church. Because if we could walk in those doors and trust in our God, putting trust, because I promise you, if you put your trust in him, it don't matter what's going on in your life. He's going to take care of it. But you have to put that trust on him. And if we put a coat right back there and said, okay, Lord, I'm going to hang this right here. You're going to take care of it, but I'm going into the presence of God and I'm going to worship and praise with all of my heart and all of my soul. And I know when I walk out that door, Lord, you're going to take care of it. I'm not going to sit in the church service and let everything worry me and bother me and distract me from worshiping you. I want to worship you. <clears throat> we are all human and we tend to worry more than we need to. And how often we bring all that into church with us and it takes away from my worship. I'm guilty, okay? I'm human just like you. I have worries and problems in life too. 
And I can tell you, there's been times that I've sat there, and my mind's a million miles from where it needs to be. This message is not just for you, it's for me too. Lord, let me trust in you. Because I want to be faithful in my worship. I want When I come to church, Lord, I don't want to be grudgingly and feel like I'm just being there to be in service, Lord. I want to really and truly trust you and believe you that you are going to take care of me. There's no way that we could ever pay God for all that he has done. He don't expect us to. What he does expect from us is to be good stewards or managers of the time, talents, and treasures that he has blessed us with. Being faithful with our time. We've all been given the same amount of time. One year, 12 months, 365 days. 8,760 hours, 525,600,000 minutes, 31,536,000 seconds. Think about that statement. If I was to give you $31,536,000 today, how would you spend it and get the most out of it? Would you go out and buy $31 million worth of candy and be content on how you spent your money? Or some of you might even spend that much on crawfish. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> it's crawfish season. I love crawfish too, but I don't think I would spend that much on crawfish. Where are you going to spend that time and get the best return? With that same concept, why would you want to invest your time in the work of God, knowing that's, that's where you're going to get your best return? Time is currency. Spend it where there's the best chance for return. Time is more valuable than money because time is irreplaceable. What I choose to do with my time is very important and has eternal value. Think about that. We live in a very, very busy, active world. We've got everything going on. We have our alarm set on our phone because there are certain times. We've got our calendars on our phones. There's a certain time we've got to be somewhere. But time is irreplaceable. Every minute that you waste, that you could have been faithful back to your God, giving that time back to God. That's the point I want to make today. Are you being faithful with the time that you're giving back to God? Being faithful with your time does not mean just using your time efficiently or maintaining an excellent schedule. It also means believing that your time that you have is from God and it needs to be used faithfully for his will. The old saying is, people do what they want to do. What God is looking for is people who want to do something for him. Be a willing vessel to be used in the work of God. It is important that a certain amount of your time be devoted to the work of God. There is something in this church that everyone can be involved in. There's no reason that anyone in this church should just be coming here and warming the seats of these pews. There's something for everyone. I have an example. I preached this message probably maybe a couple of years ago. At a little country church that we were attending at the time. There was one lady. Uh, she had recently received the Holy Ghost. She went to the pastor. You know what her job was? Every service, 
she went to the bathroom to make sure that there was toilet paper in the bathroom. You say, that's not much of a job. That's faithfulness. That's being willing and being committed. I am going to be faithful. That was one less thing that the pastor and his pastor's wife had to worry about. She made sure that that bathroom was clean and there was fresh toilet paper in there. You say, I don't want that job. I can assure you. God blessed her in more ways than I can ever explain because she had a willing heart. And that's all God is looking for in each and every one of us is a willing heart, a willing vessel that's going to be used in the work of God. Some people have more time than others, and that's not the issue. The issue is whether we will be faithful in giving a portion of that time God has given us back to him. Be careful to not allow other things to take away from church time, your prayer time, your personal time with God, your Bible reading. We get caught up in our day. Sometimes we forget to pray. Sometimes we forget to read our Bibles. I'm here to tell you. You want the start of a gooder, better day? You start your day off with prayer. You don't have to go and read the whole book of one of the Bible. All you need to do is sit there and read. Just dedicate a few minutes. And say, Lord, the blessings that God has given you for that week. That's less than 1% of the 168 hours that God has given you for each week. If you're faithful 52 weeks of the year, that's 104 hours out of 8,760 hours of a year. This equals to out less than 2% of your time you spend in church. We all know, for the most, we're not that faithful to church. We all tend to miss church. I'm not talking about those that must work or unable to make it to church. I'm talking about those of us that tend to always find some lame excuse for not making it to church. Do you feel the time you spend in church is sufficient time for everything has God has done for you and all the blessings that he's blessed you with? We need to be accountable to ourselves and to the pastor with our church attendance. And I say this because this is what my dad, Brother Beer's former pastor, preached to us, taught us. It's a good practice. If you're not going to be able to make it in church, that you let your pastor know. All it takes is a quick text, a phone call, that you're not going to be able to make it. This lets him know that you're committed and faithful, but due to other circumstances, you're not going to be able to make it, and when he does not see you here, he will not be worried why you're not in church. We were... We need to remember that our pastor is accountable for our souls. And he's accountable to God for each one of us. As a good shepherd, if he does not see you in church, it is God-given responsibility to be concerned where you are at and why you're not in church. God's put it on his heart. And I can assure you, when Brother Beard steps up here, or when he's sitting in that chair, he can look across that and just with one little graze and say, so-and-so's missing. They're not here. They're not here. But God, because God has put it in his heart, a love for souls. He has a God-given responsibility. If you're not in church, he wants to know where you're at. I'm so thankful 
that I have a pastor that wants to know where I'm at when I'm not in church. It can mean the difference between heaven and hell. Because it could be that one time that you're not in church, that you've slipped up, you've made a mistake, but your pastor loves you so much, he's going to reach out and touch you and say, there's mercies in this house. There's God-given mercies right here. And no matter how you fail, you welcome back. So I'm thankful for our pastor. If he doesn't care enough about your soul, who will? I can assure you, your friends, your family, if you miss church, they probably don't care. They probably won't even notice that you've missed church. But your pastor does. And that's why you should be committed to being faithful to church. But when you're not here, let your pastor know. It makes him feel better. I can assure you, God has a way of getting our attention when he needs to. The next time, it may not be the pastor checking up on you. It may be God bringing you to your knees. So I'm so thankful that I have a pastor that's going to be accountable one day, and he's going to go and stand there and say, okay, I checked up on them. I know why they wasn't in church, Lord. They wasn't being faithful to church. Your pastor's going to answer to that one day. What are you going to say when you stand before God why you were not in church? The point I'm trying to make is we all need to evaluate our time and start giving it back to God by being faithful in our church going. We live in a busy, fast-paced world, and we easily get caught up doing other things and really forget to take time out of our day and give back to Him. I can assure you, when you start giving that time back to Him, it will be amazing how much time you will begin to do, be able to have other things to do. He can make a way. And you start giving that time to him, I can assure you, he's the best time manager you're going to ever have. I don't care what kind of app you have on your phone or what kind of book you've been reading. He knows how to manage your time when you start giving it back to him. God expects us to be faithful in attending prayer and worship service. The scripture clearly says to enter into his house with praise and worship. When we start coming into this place with praise and worship, instead of visiting, it will create an atmosphere of worship that no matter what sinner walks through those doors, they will feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. And it will make a difference in that entire service. Many times in the Old Testament, the people were commanded to gather for worship. On the day of Pentecost, when 120 people began to worship and praise Him, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Before it was over with, thousands had received the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine if we come in this place with that kind of worship that they had on the day of Pentecost, what kind of service we could have, what kind of Holy Ghost move we could have if we just come in here, if we leave our cares and our worries right there at that door and just walk in here and start lifting our hands and worship Him and praising Him. Without faithfulness to the house of God, you will miss your worship, your teaching, your preaching, and fellowship that are vital in your continued faithful walk with God. It would be foolish to think that I could go get a job and never go to work but yet get paid. So how foolish will you think you're going to make it to heaven when you can't even make it to church? Scripture is very plain on the subject. Gather the people. Joel 2 and 16 says, Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, 
Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. How many churches today, right here in this area, they've gone from having multiple services during the week to maybe one service a week. It seems other things are becoming more of a priority than them than going to church. I'm thankful for a pastor that sees the benefits of me being faithful to church and having church, not only on a Sunday morning. Lord, I'm so thankful that I have more opportunities to come and be with you and worship you and praise you. I want every opportunity I can. I want to be in church. We all know what our weekly church schedule is and should, should be a priority on your schedule. I know you have work schedules. I've worked shift work throughout my life, so I understand that there's sometimes you cannot be in church. But you know when this, we're having church. We have social media now. Everything is out there. You know everything that's going on in this church. It's important. That you be faithful in your church giving. Next way of giving is giving of our talents, being faithful with our talents. Not everyone is talented in the same way, but God has chosen in His wisdom to give different talents to different people. I was growing up as a kid, uh, probably 9, 10 years old, something like that. My sister was a little bit younger than me at the time. And my mother was a piano player, organ player. So she decided me and my sister needed to go take piano lessons. I went. I went several times, probably a month or so. After about a month of piano lessons, the piano teacher called my mother and said, uh, Sister Reeves, you might want to find something else for Byron to do, but playing the piano is not one of them. <laughs> so I don't play the piano. I don't play any kind of musical instrument. I can't even clap my hands in church because my wife would punch me and tell me I'm clapping out of time. So. Music is not one of my things. That is not one of my talents. But my sister, she was dedicated. She was committed to it. She didn't only play in the big concerts and recitals and won all kind of awards. God give her a talent. She could pick up any musical instrument there was and just start playing it. I was jealous because <laughs> it was a talent. And I debated whether or not to say this. <laughs> there was a point in time that the music became her God. She started using it in other ways that she should not have. She lost out with God. She was backslid for over 30 years. We're still in March. It's about two years ago, she made her way back to church. God restored those talents to her. She was using her talents in the work of God. And for whatever reason, after she made it back, God chose to take her unexpectedly. She was working at the church one day, twisted her knee. She went to the doctor. The doctor told her she had had a torn meniscus. And while they was working on that knee that day, 
it broke loose a blood clot. About 11.30 that night, I got a phone call from my dad and said, I just found your sister laying in the middle of the floor. <laughs> but there were some things that God seen down the road. He said, she's going to slip up. She's going to fail, but I got her back. And I'm so thankful that when she came back, the one of the talents that she had, she put it to work in the house of God. Because one of the talents my sister had, and my mom and dad would tell you this right now today, she never could cook. Okay? My daddy actually would tell you this. She was better with a hammer and a saw in her hand. She bought and sold houses, flipped houses in Lafayette. When she came back to church, you go to the church in Opelousas right now. It has been remodeled from the front door to the back door because my sister come there said, I'm going to put my talents back to work for the house of God. <clears throat> but never forget that God knows what talent he's given and who he's given it to. I believe God gives talents to people that he believes will best put them to use for this work in this church. After all, what purpose does it serve God to give you a talent if he does not expect you to use it for him? Whatever your talents or abilities are, you need to realize that God invested them in you so that you could invest them in his kingdom. Early on in my life, I started teaching my dad put me in a Sunday school class when I was 12 years old. My first career, my first job, I ended up having to teach other young people, same age, some of them older than me. I was teaching them how to do it. I went to work in the federal government. I became a certified instructor in multiple areas, and I've taught classes all over the United States. And the reason I'm standing here right now is Lord gave me that talent to be a teacher. And that's what I want to do is turn it back and say, Lord, use me. Let me be a teacher for you, Lord. If I can do it for the world, why can't I do it for you, Lord? <laughs> no one wants to be guilty of not wisely doing what God has given us the ability to do and not use it for him. When we were living in Oklahoma City, we come across our paths crossed with a young man by the name of Tony. When I met Tony, Tony was living in an abandoned house in a very rough area of Oklahoma City. I began to talk with Tony. Tony began to tell me his story. His story was that he was a bass guitar player. He was very talented. He had played in some of the number one bands in the Oklahoma City area. Tony was very talented. Tony got messed up with drugs, started drinking. He'd become a straight-up alcoholic. He could not even recall the last time he had been sober. Living in an abandoned house, beg, barring, and stealing. So he could buy his next bottle of whiskey. I invited Tony to come to church with me. Tony committed to coming to church with me. I drove 25 miles across town one way to pick up Tony to come to church. And I can assure you, the first several weeks I picked him up, by the time we got to church, I thought I was drunk too because that's how bad it smelled in my car. But Tony committed to coming to church. I kept bringing him to church. Our pastor at the time there in Oklahoma decided we was going to start a daughter work in the area of town where Tony was actually living in this abandoned house. Tony was a search first soul that was filled with the Holy Ghost and that daughter work. Tony become faithful to church. You could count on it. Anytime you pulled up to that door of that church and there was church, Tony would be there on his bicycle. He was waiting for somebody to unlock that door. Tony was ready to come to church. 
Connie was being blessed because he had able to been find good jobs. He would got his own apartment. He was doing so well. The pastor decided, okay, Tony's mature. I'm going to let him start playing his bass guitar in church. Tony started playing his guitar in church. And he could play. I can assure you, Tony could play the guitar. It made a difference in the worship. It made a difference in the service. At some point, Tony come to the pastor and said, Brother, such and such band here in Oklahoma City, they've given me a call. They want me to come play for them just Friday night. He said, I can make more money on Friday night than I make all week long working all week. Pastor said, don't do it, Tony. Don't do it. Tony didn't do it for a week or so. He come back to his pastor. This such and such band. This man, they they one of the best bands here in Oklahoma City. And they want me to come play with them. Don't do it, Tony. Tony disobeyed his pastor. Tony went and played with him. He started using his talents for the devil. Pastor told him as long as he was going to do that, he couldn't play on the platform. And he's doing that responsibly. That's a good pastor. Tony stopped being faithful to church. Tony wouldn't come to church anymore. It wasn't about a year later after we moved back to Louisiana. We got a phone call from the pastor. Oklahoma City Police had found Tony dead in an abandoned building. He had drank himself to death. Whatever talent you have today, Make sure you use it in the work of God. Don't let the devil steal that talent from you. (laughs) Faithful in our treasure, many people do not mind being faithful with their time and their talent. But when it comes to treasure, they tend to get a little conservative to God. Obviously, the church must have financial resources to function as a church. We have so much to be thankful for and even so much more to be grateful for. The least we can do is show our thankfulness by giving back to the church. God has chosen the people of the church to provide the funding of the church, people being faithful for what the Bible calls tithes and offerings. And I know this is a very difficult subject. Some people kind of take offense, but this is part of being faithful to God. This is in the Bible. This is not Byron standing up here telling you this. This is not Brother Beard standing up here telling you this. This is what you need to do. It's the word. The tithe is the 10%. Its purpose is to provide a livelihood for the ministry, according to Numbers 18 and 24. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. Leviticus 27 and 30, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Deuteronomy 14 and 22, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. Malachi 3, 8, and 10. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed 
with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now with, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out your blessings, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. There's no reason. There's no reason. Because I can assure you, the scripture, I've never doubted this scripture. I've never doubted this word. You want those blessings that you've been praying for? You start being faithful in your giving of your treasures. And I can assure you, it's right there in the scripture. There's not a room big enough that's going to hold what God has for store for you. I don't know if any of you have been robbed or something stolen from you. But you know how bad it feels when somebody steals something from you? How do you think it makes God feel when we rob him of his time, our talents, and our treasures? I know you have bills and other things that you feel are more important, but I can say as a witness what God has done for me. You put him first and trust him. He will provide your needs. I can testify to this. I was on a mission trip. The missionary was having a rough time. He was trying to do two, two different countries, back and forth, back and forth. And funds was running low. I was getting ready to leave. And I opened up my wallet and I gave him everything that was in my wallet. And I said, here, take this, use it, feed your family. I got home. I go to work. That week, I was able to work three weeks straight, 16-hour shifts. Everything over 40 hours was overtime. God more than triple, double blessed me because of what I'd give. And I had no intentions of working overtime. I had no intention of ever getting paid back. But you know what? God seen what I'd done. So when you step out in faith and you give in faith, I can assure you my God is going to restore it to you. Brother Beard, Brother Francois both have shared similar stories, testimonies of what God has done for them when they've been able to give out of faith. And that's all you're doing is giving in faith. Lord, take this and use it. It don't have to be some big extreme amount, but you give in faith and say, Lord, take this and use it. I can assure you God will turn around and bless you. Philippians 4:19. But my God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you really trust him with your finances? Are you doing it your way? The question is, are you being faithful to God and the church with your tithing? Notice, I did say faithful to God and the church, not the pastor. Some people tend to misunderstand that. You're not only giving back to God what it already he is. He's from the beginning. You, he gave to you. You only have what you have today because what God has given you. Faithfulness in our offerings. Beyond the tithe which was required by God, there's also a free will offering. Its purpose is to support the needs of the local church in its maintenance and operation. We all seem to feel comfortable when it's nine degrees and humid outside or when it's freezing like it was this morning. We come in here and it feels comfortable in here. We all enjoy the fact that we have lights. We need to be thankful for those amenities that God has provided for. And Sister Cindy, you can get ready for the, this my first picture here. I've had the opportunity to travel on the mission field where we had church in the middle of a jungle, brush arbor type structure. It was hot, humid, mosquitoes flying in your face, and glass lanterns were used for the lighting. The next picture, please. This is in the jungles of South America, Guyana, South America. They didn't have the pretty facilities like we had here. And I can promise you, 
There wasn't no Fords, Toyotas, or anything like that parked out in the parking lot. Next picture. In this brush harbor, we had church for nearly seven hours that evening because one family had paddled a dugout, not a homemade built canoe, but a dugout canoe nearly seven miles to come to church in a river through the jungle and would be returning home at night. Next picture. This is the church parking lot. How faithful are you to church? You got a nice air-conditioned vehicle that you drive to church in. That was the entire church parking lot right there. Next picture. It's after midnight. We've been in church for over seven hours. They're going to get in these boats and paddle home. Next picture. Some of them had multiple children, small children. Next picture. That's the family. They paddled seven miles to come to church. I'm going to have to stand next to them one day and be accountable why I miss church. You're going to have to stand next to them one day and tell the Lord why you miss church. These people were faithful, paddling a canoe, a dugout canoe to church. They had church for seven hours. They didn't come to church for a 15, 20-minute service and hopefully the preacher would hurry up so that I can get home and go do whatever. They wanted to have church. They were faithful in their giving. Thank you, Sister Sydney. I got one more story. And I asked Brother Beer before church if he remembered. When we first started the church in Opelousas, we had a man in our church, Brother Fred Darbone. Brother Fred was a young man at the time. He was working offshore in the oil field. For whatever reason, the Lord gave Brother Fred a stroke. And this was very devastating to Brother Fred because Brother Fred was faithful to church. He was faithful in working for the church. We went through a couple of building programs. You can be sure when he was inland, he was working there after church. But when Brother Fred had this stroke, he was paralyzed. From his, on his right side, complete paralyzed on his right side. Brother Fred said, I can't do this. He'd almost give up on life, and he decided, no, I'm not going to do that. He got his son-in-law to go in his backyard and plowed up the entire backyard. Brother Fred made a garden, and he had a beautiful garden. He had everything you could think of planted in that garden. But I can tell you how faithful Brother Fred was. It didn't matter what it was, if it was the first tomato, the first cucumber, the first piece of okra, whatever it was, he brought it in a bag to my dad, the pastor. He was faithful in his giving. And I can stand here today and tell you, I've never seen a garden that produced so much. He would bring bags of these vegetables to church to give away. I've seen one summer, it was a very hot, dry, drought summer. Nobody else's garden was growing. Brother Fred, his garden never even knew it was summertime. He was faithful in his giving. One particular time, his daughter, who lived next door, she seen this big, beautiful red tomato that had been growing there for a week or so. She went out there and picked that tomato. It was the first tomato. Brother Fred made his daughter go to my dad, the pastor, and tell her 
ask for forgiveness for taking that first tomato. <laughs> because that's how much he felt that his garden, because he was faithful to his pastor and his giving, he didn't want God to interfere with that by his daughter eating that tomato. And God still blessed his garden. What are you giving back to God? Whether it's of your garden, of your time, your talents, your treasures. Today, I'd like for you to evaluate what are you giving back to your God? Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless and we hope to see you on the next episode.